ask for my bike back. You know I wouldn't trip. It's right here. Come me. I'm Beth. And I'm Stanny. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. Welcome to episode 28. Stanny, what are you drinking? I am drinking a rum punch again because I like it. And it, we're drinking it out of new Mixed Politics glasses. Woohoo! Yes, we will. Really see them, but they're nice. Got a little emblem on there. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking rum and Bailey's. Okay. It's part of a white Russian, but not all there. Oh. Kind of like Vladimir Putin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure Vladimir Putin is a white Russian. <laughs> are, are you not sure about the all the way there part? He's not all the way there, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are we talking about tonight? What's going on with Ukraine and Russia? A.K.A. I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that with some of what we cover tonight that it might help people kind of calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. You think there's people are going to be calmed down? If they knew their history, Mm. just a little bit, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's a terrible topic. I think I I want to start by saying... um, What's the right? I, I don't want to sound cliche by doing like the thoughts and prayers bullshit because it is bullshit. Everyone on the planet who has ears knows it's bullshit. Um, I respect the Ukrainians resolve. Um, there have been a lot of news stories about people staying to fight or people mm-hmm. returning to fight. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is admirable um, and just wonderful for fellow men, countrymen, families, friends, etc. who are there. Um, I'm sorry that they have to be going through this. Yeah. It's like war is brought to your doorstep. That's not cool, regardless of who you are, whether you're right or wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if we just had like some empty, random country that there's nothing there. That yeah. that two countries can just go there and fight until yes. whoever is done. And then they go back home and yeah. leave the rest of us alone. Kind of like a boxing ring. Right. But that's not Earth. So no. we're either fighting where you live or fighting where we live, or fighting a proxy war, mm-hmm. which is neither of us live there, yeah. but we're <laughs> fucking up this place anyways. Um, this isn't a proxy war. This is a direct confrontation and invasion. Mm-hmm. And the pe- for the people of Ukraine, it's a, like, they, no one plans for this. No, but I do want to say, just before we start into all of this, that I come at this not from the standpoint of, choosing sides of the country so i'm not just on the side of ukraine i'm certainly not on the side of vladimir putin i'm on the humanitarian side so i want to recognize that this is affecting people in russia as well as it is affecting people in ukraine yeah so if if we are going to be the kind of people who send thoughts and prayers don't forget the russian people i mean you don't have to be 
sending thoughts and prayers yeah. for the Russian leader. But because um, because as always, it's not the people, it's not the farmers and the plumbers and the mm-hmm. shopkeepers who are. You know, it's government officials with button pressing powers. You know, and everything that we do affects yeah, and then, them. And that's and that's the thing too. It's like we always say the name of the country. It's just yeah. like like Americans voted in Donald Trump. It's like eh, not really. No, yeah. no group of people is a monolith. Yeah. So because there there were protests in Russia, protests mm-hmm. which really aren't even allowed in Russia, and like ab- over a thousand people got arrested, and right. you know because they're protesting. The war. Mm-hmm. So there's there's good people on either side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. All right. I'm not even sure where to start because I think we should start in the spring of 2014. Okay. Let's start there. <laughs> that's where we should start, okay. and that's when um, a lot of the, the, the thing that I've been noticing on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, there's this narrative, and not, it's, it's not their fault. The news has painted this narrative like Vladimir Putin just got up one day and was just like, fuck them dudes. <laughs> fuck them dudes. I don't like them. They over there and right. we want it back. Right. And... To be honest with you, it's not even not even close to that. Not even close to that. Not even close. But you know, that's what the media tells most of us Americans or Westerners or whatever. And most most people who don't want to dive deeper into the details themselves. Because I mean it's a simple question. Like if you if you ask, you know, why did Vladimir Putin get up and say, Fuck them guys? What did did somebody cuss him out? Did somebody slap his mama? What what happened? You would find answers, yeah. but like no, everyone is just like Putin is a, like Putin is the devil. He's like, I can't even think of another person on the like. Okay, so he's modern day Hitler. No, like we've already no. like we like he's like he's hopped up on fucking methamphetamines and he's just like you know what, fuck Poland. Like, no, <laughs> it wasn't that's that. not even the accurate depiction <laughs> yeah. of Hitler yeah. either. I will get to that. We are going to talk about the Hitler and yeah. Putin comparison. So let me make it really really quick. You need to go look this up. In um, the spring, uh, spring to summer of 2014, there was what was billed by Western media a revolution in Ukraine. Is that what they called it? Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere that I saw. Every news article, the New York Times, the New York Post, the Washington Post, this, that, whatever, BBC. It was a revolution. With a capital R. But the funny part is, when I looked up other people's information, like coming from like India and Pakistan, Egypt, BBC, um, you know, Turkey, they were just like, this is a coup. This is a coup. Russia saw it that way too. Yeah. This is a coup. This was orchestrated by the United States and the CIA and the Pentagon. And and how do we know that this was a coup? Like, you can find online, give us a checklist of what is a coup, whether military or political or whatever. Well, there's different kinds of coups. Right. This one wasn't totally military. But this one was definitely government-shaped. And uh, how you can know is that... Ukraine has never been an ally of the United States. Mm -hmm. We have no documents, no treaties, no nothing saying, hey, we are friends. There's nothing on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this uprising that cost a lot of Ukrainians their lives, that was orchestrated by, I I kind of don't want to call names because like these people have like top clearances and I could disappear. 
But their names, you can find who they are. Who was the, the person in charge of overseeing Ukraine from the Obama administration in 2014? Look up that person. Yeah, I ain't saying her name because she a badass. Say less. Yeah. Um, so she, it was supposed to be Ukraine and Syria. Mm. Right. It's just that, you know, coups take time. Yeah. It's not, you're not just going to plan a coup today and then tomorrow you're successful at one. <laughs> so um, they went in. And they had all these protests, these riots, police were shot, a, a lot of other citizens were um, injured or lost their lives, etc., etc. And then, like I said, how you know it was a coup is that in the protests, and I don't know why this isn't like said, well, I know why, because we live in America. Yes. But many senators from the United States of America went to Ukraine to protest alongside the uprisers um one such prominent politician not just not just senators there are other people um other diplomats whether ambassadors or whatever whatever were out there in the streets in the crowd with ukrainian people whatever whatever one such popular the most popular of them was um she was secretary of state at the time and i she sent her representative like her second in command you know her as Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> now, you might ask yourself, if another country is having a revolution or an uprising or a civil war or whatever, right? How you get up from your country, <laughs> fly all the way over to their country, get a hotel, Airbnb, whatever, put yeah. on your joggers and you're out there, rah, 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 yeah. down with Russia. Yeah. And so... And, was, and the Secretary of State is supposed to be a diplomatic person to represent the entire yeah. country. So it's a little bit sketch mm -hmm. that she was picking sides. She was sending people over to, to you know, pick I it on, like on it. her behalf. I don't like it. So it wasn't something that was hidden. Like, you can spot senators in a fucking crowd. Yeah. So Russia spotted them. Belarus spotted them. Other people were just like, why y'all over here? And then it became apparent to most of Europe this was a U.S.-led coup. And so they overthrew the government. I believe the president at the time was Yankovic. Yeah. Yes, that's his name. Correct. Um, and he was a neutralist. Uh, You're going to have to look that up. This is too much time. Yes. But, but he wasn't pro-America and he wasn't pro-Russia. He was pro-Ukraine. Y'all mind y'all business. Leave us the fuck alone. We work with whoever we want to and not y'all mm -hmm. because... Russia's right there, and they're going to beat our ass if we work with people that they don't like, and let's not be dumb. Mm -hmm. That was that guy's position. Yeah. And they had the re revolution. They could overthrew the entire government and then installed someone else who was more U.S.-friendly. Now, this that that terminology is not something that is new to, like, Ukraine. That has happened in <clears throat> Panama, Grenada, Chile. Bolivia, Venezuela, Colombia, oh, shit, um, the whole continent of Africa. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we keep going. They tried that with Syria, with Assad. Like, government shaping is what is the, is the, is, is what the CIA does. Yes. That's, they yes. go around the world and they install governments that are friendly to the United States. Correct. And that's what happened in Ukraine. Now, everyone saw that, who saw that as a coup were upset with it except the people who are making money from it oh of course right and the people who are making money from it were the people who stand to gain from you know whether oil or technology or um weapons companies raytheon mm -hmm. lockheed martin etc 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 
Right. Uh, now, Russia saw this as a provocation. And this wasn't the time of Zelensky yet. They, it, it was they, before Zelensky. It was b- before Zelensky. But at that time, their, their ears perked up and they were like, the fuck y'all doing next door? And, you know, just to put it in layman's terms, like, you bought your girl a house next door. Not not like Russian bought a girl a house. But their girlfriend lived next door. And, like, this, you seeing dudes walking in and out. And you just like, hey, yo, I pay bills over there. Right. What's, what's going on? Right. Right? We're and then throw an accusation, yet, but Yeah. Thinking. This is like, what's going on? And so, and, and the dudes are just like, nah, man, we just we playing spades. Ain't nothing popping off. <laughs> And and then you know she got an attitude like what the hell we're I'm independent this is my house <laughs> you know I can be friends with whoever I want to be friends with and Russia's yeah. just like oh. mm-hmm. all right this how you this how you want to roll <laughs> but we we see what's going on and that is the precursor to what happened here yes because the entire point of that coup was to install a U.S. friendly government such that they could start having discussions about the expansion of NATO, of NATO. Mm-hmm. more eastward. Mm-hmm. And with that comes military bases in U.S. Sorry, U.S. military bases in foreign countries. Right. And possibly nuclear proliferation. Mm-hmm. Now, if you live next door to me and you start amassing weapons... And then a couple of days later, I see that some of those weapons are pointed over at my house. Right. I'm going to blow your shit up <laughs> before you get the chance to use them motherfucking weapons. This is the problem with nuclear weapons in general. Uh, yes. Because anybody who has them. So it is this fear of NATO expanding eastward. And also military, U.S. military activity next door, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Now, you will have the people who understand geography or have looked at a map in the past, in their life. Right. And they will go, well, Poland is a member of NATO. They have a border with Russia. There's it, a reason yes, for that. Th- that is true. However, when that occurred, Vladimir Putin was not president. Uh-uh. Different strokes, <laughs> but different folks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he, those those countries that pulled that off got grandfathered into his patience. Yes. Into his good graces. He, yeah. While he's there, he's just like, yo, it's one sheriff over here, you know, and y'all gonna have to pay some respects. Reason number one that Putin is not Hitler, because Hitler didn't do the grandfathering thing. He yeah. was like, I used to own that shit. I'm gonna take it back. All right. And... That led to the 2014 annexation of Crimea, of Crimea. and the Donbass region. Um, and it was, it was more a show of force. Like, yo, we see what you're doing and we don't like it. You're being brazen with it and we're just going to cut off your lights until you behave. And they didn't behave. Mm. Fast forward however many years later. A lot of stuff happened in between that we'll get to, but that was the start. That's the start. All I want to do is point out the start. Mm-hmm. Not who was right and who was wrong or whatever, because you have people who are off the political understanding that, 
Ukraine is an independent country. Mm -hmm. They should be able to be friends with whoever they want. They should be okay. able to get money from whoever they want. They should be getting military aid and funding from whoever they want, regardless of who's they're their own sovereign nation. They have their own economy. Yes. I mean, they're viable in the world. Right. So. However, when you live with an abusive boyfriend, technically, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But then when the doors close... True. Right. And he True. comes home and the dinner ain't ready. Mm -mm. So what the fuck now? Mm -mm. And that's what is happening. Mm -hmm. My yeah. dude came Good home summary. and <laughs> shit didn't look like how he wanted it to look. Good summary. Yep. There we go. Exactly what it is. Something I would like to dispel right now. Mm. Some people have talked about how this is all Biden's fault. This would have never happened if Trump were in office. False. But truth be told, back in 2018, there was a conflict between Russia and Ukraine mm -hmm. under the Trump administration. And what's that you say? <laughs> you don't remember it? It was around Thanksgiving 2018. Most people were kind of sitting around, cooking their Thanksgiving dinners, getting ready for family. Probably don't remember this, but it did happen. And um, this was in the Kerch Strait. In November of 2018, Russia basically stalked and kidnapped some people from Ukraine, some sailors that were just trying to sail through the, the yeah. strait because Russia saw that as their own territory, their own backyard. Yeah. Did you come into my backyard? And people were hurt, kidnappings. If you don't remember this, <laughs> go look it up. You can Google it. Yes, you can Google it. I do remember this happened when it happened, and it was a little bit odd. The, the the next thing too, like before we get too far away from the time, like Russia and Ukraine have been in a war since two thousand eleven, mm -hmm. like an official war. Yeah, it's, but we just haven't called it that. Yeah, it, this is not. This is the the I guess the culmination of events in the war this but they have the been in a war they, it's boiling over essentially and a coup happened in the middle of that war right but i do want to say specifically this is not something that would have been avoidable if a certain person would have been in office because it fucking happened when the prior guy was in office and he did nothing about it. It's not about who's it's in office. It's not about who's in office it's, here. But it's it's not like we're blameless in this. Right. We have... Oh. Administrations have meddled in these affairs before. American but, foreign policy is to blame. Regardless of who is president, the yes. foreign policy remains the same. Like, president don't just come in and be like, well, we're changing everything, we're bringing all the troops home, and we're just defense. No. Mm, no. There's been too much history of government shaping for us to do right. that. Right. That's kind of what Americans do best. We yeah. try to shape other people's governments into our own vision of that and then cry and whine about being in 20-year wars like yeah. Afghanistan. This is what we do. This is just part of this is part of America. We try to conquer other lands and, and influence some, their governments. And some people like are sick and fucking tired of yeah, it. Yeah. And they got nuclear weapons. Yeah, exactly. For the record, I don't want to make predictions about what's going to happen. We yeah. really don't know. What I would like to do is to fill in the blanks on some of the historical context and to dispel some of these ridiculous notions people are throwing out there. The comparisons between Putin and Hitler are escalating the temperature in the room yeah. and making people freak out about nuclear war. When I really think if we were to level set here, 
talk about the actual history of what happened, I think people will see that what's happening right now is not like what happened that, that was the catalyst to World War II. It's yeah. very, very different. So if we start with the main reasons why it is not historically accurate to compare Putin and Hitler, because number one, Hitler had annexed other portions of what he deemed his his territory before the Versailles Treaty. He took certain pieces of land and nobody objected to it. Mm. So right now, or if we look back to 2013, 2014, when Russia annexed Crimea, the United Nations never recognized that as yeah. being legitimate. And all developed countries are basically saying, nah, that's not cool, we don't agree with that. Whereas back in 1938, Hitler started by taking Austria. He wanted to get back the German land, and he his troops marched into Austria completely unopposed. And in fact, Great Britain acknowledged that as being legitimate. They said, yeah, that's cool, that's fine, take back your land, because Germans live in Austria, so go ahead and take it back, it's fine, it's fine. But I don't think that they would have done any other way. The House of Windsor came from Germany. Yes. See, they're you know, fucking German. You know more about the the <laughs> about the monarchy like, than my, most people. If my do. cousin took some shit, I'd just been like, all right, bro. Good Not shit. very many people know that they came from Germany. Yeah, so. the Royal, British royal family is German. Yes. Oh, so God. then there was Operation Green in the Sudetenland. And that was, again, Hitler taking back an area where German citizens lived, and he wanted to pressure Czechoslovakia mm. to surrender to Germany because he wanted that land back. And a lot of people, France said they weren't going to intervene unless Great Britain joined in. And Great Britain was like, nah, we don't want to get in a war right now, so yeah. we're deuces, we're, we're fine. And, and then the Czechoslovakian government kind of made a pact with the Soviet Union, and because of that push and pull... Nobody was really telling Hitler not to do this. People were making alliances, and France was like, nah, we're not going to get involved. Great Britain said, nah, we're not going to get involved. And so Hitler just went ahead, and he took it. He took the Sudetenland. People were just kind of compromising, mm -hmm. saying, okay, take your land, do your thing. And then the city of Danzig was the same type of thing. A lot of Germans lived there. And they said, yeah, come on in. We don't mind being occupied by German troops. We're cool with that because we're German, too. So then the Munich conference happened at the request of the Soviet Union, and even though they weren't invited, they asked for the Munich conference, but France, Italy, Great Britain, and Germany all got together, and the other countries told Germany, Hitler's been asking for all this land, he's taken it, we're going to let him have it, so long as he promises never to do it again. And Hitler said, I promise, I swear, I'll never do it again knowing that he was completely just the, the puppet master to all of this. Okay, so yeah, he got all of the land mm -hmm. unopposed. And up to that point, he was like, well, why should I stop? So then he just kept on going. that, And then he made the pact with the Soviet Union. And this is where he started to see, this was a defensive war for Hitler because after he took Czechoslovakia, it was divided and Poland actually took part of Czechoslovakia yeah. too. And then turned around and made a pact with France. And so Hitler's like, hey, they just took some of the land that I wanted. Now they're making a pact with France. It's a defensive war now. Bitch, we're gonna come in and take Poland. That's why he invaded Poland. 
with the Soviet Union. None of this is like what's happening with Putin yeah, right now. It's not. None of it. It's not. So please stop making the comparisons to Hitler in the beginning of World War II. It is nothing like that now. We need to see this for what it is, that this conflict has been happening, like you said, since for the last decade. Yeah. And we it, making those kind of comparisons is just getting people arbitrarily hyped up for yeah. another world war. It doesn't need to be that. It, it doesn't it doesn't need to be that and that's you know all of the the memes and stuff online everybody's like you know world war three you know it's it, it's gonna be a draft <laughs> first of all i just want to say that 90 percent of the united states does not want to enter a draft to go no. fight any russians no first of all russians want revenge they are motivated by revenge right and you can tell by the speech that vladimir putin gave mm-hmm. prior to like Minutes before going yes, into... Yes, just this past what, week. He was mm-hmm. just like, hey, just so y'all know, we've been sitting here quietly. Y'all been disrespecting. And he literally, he used the word disrespect. <laughs> he said, you've been disrespecting <laughs> Russians. Like, he sound like a gangster. He's like, you've been disrespecting yeah. Russians. You've been beating us. You've been whatever. And we just, we just been chilling. You're taking it a bit too far. And he laid out what was his pretext for this mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the invasion... He had a list of demands, and it wasn't private. It wasn't like, you know, government cables or whatever. Sure. It was out there in front of the world. He's like, we sent this to the United, to United Nations, we sent this to NATO, and we sent this to the United States. Here is what we want. Mm-hmm. We want a decree saying that Ukraine will be forever banned from joining an alliance with NATO. That's really what it is. That that was that was his 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 bargaining chip that was yes. it he's like listen we've got these troops on the border and they were there for months like their news going on every day mm-hmm. you know we went through the whole you know are they going to attack this week or next week or tomorrow or wednesday or whatever all the time and you know it started to get to the point where people just stopped caring cuz it's like you keep saying they're going to attack and then they won't but that right. that was because they had set an ultimatum and they left it for people to respond. Mm-hmm. And the response was, no, we're not doing that. Which tells Putin and Russia, you have plans for including NATO, uh, Ukraine into, into NATO. Now, whether you are successful or not, the point is you have plans. I gave you one ultimatum. I will not invade this country if you can promise me that you would not try to incorporate them in your foolishness. And they were like, nah. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, that might have been a dumb move. I don't know if NATO and the UN and whoever else was like trying to call his bluff. This man is at the end of his political career. It is mm-hmm. not the time to call dude's bluff. Right. Not the time. Right. We're talking legacy. We're talking history books right now. Right. Now is not the time to call his bluff. Call his bluff when he's 32. When, when, when he got grandkids, not the time to call his bluff. Well, and that goes to what some of the intelligence leaking from Russia is telling us right now. Yeah. That in his age, whether it's just natural progression of age, whether it's, I don't know, something else going on, but there, there are a lot of things saying he's not right in the head right now. And so we may not be dealing with a person who's stable. We don't mm. know. We, we don't know. It's a question mark. All right. Well, with that ultimatum denied, 
they inv- they went into the Crimea Donbass region or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know through Belarus and whatever pretty much encircled the country and invaded um within the past week and that's one of the reasons why we didn't have a podcast for a while because we were just sitting on pins and needles like what the hell is going on are they gonna attack are they not whatever whatever right. and we, like, didn't, we, we didn't know we didn't know <laughs> I, honestly like i didn't want them to to be honest no of course we don't yeah. want them to i no. want them to so i was hoping that they wouldn't i i was hoping nato would just be like yeah dude fuck ukraine i don't right. we don't want them into right. this shit because you know what the reality is the real and people will point to this right Ukraine would never be allowed to join NATO. How come? All right, so here we go. For a member, for there to be a new member state within NATO, right? Okay. It has to be a one hundred percent vote of approval oh. by all of the other states. Well, you're right. That would never happen. <laughs> so a lot of people who are like anti-Russia will point to this and are saying that Russia is using this NATO argument as a scapegoat, as like a pretext for entering the war, knowing fully well that all 30 countries would not agree, would not yay on let Ukraine in. Mm -hmm. Because, and one of the major reasons is that Ukraine is known for corruption. Mm -hmm. Like, known. We've known this because we had a president twice impeached for it. Like, known for, like... (laughs) It's their number one export. Like, yes. I'm not even trying to be funny. Not laughing right. at all. Like, what you know of Ukraine is hot woman, <laughs> figure skating, corruption. Tell me if I'm lying. You know I'm not. Isn't Russia kind of the same, though? <laughs> like, they got oil. Yeah. More oil. We'll get to that. And nuclear weapons. <laughs> and matryoshka dolls. And babushkas. And- oh, you just stole it from me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Damn. Big, big fan. Big fan of Russian culture. Um, anyways, so the problem is this, right? People are saying that we know good and well that Ukraine wouldn't be allowed to join yeah. NATO. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you're sending senators and representatives and diplomats and second in command or whatever, whatever, to join in an uprising of a uh-huh. quote-unquote revolution, right. which is actually a coup, right? right? In a country... That you're not an ally with. Right. And then you are sending them military weapons Mm -hmm. from Lockheed and Raytheon and whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. And you are also funding them annually, their government, their military with U.S. dollars. And it's like, and you ask the question, well, why are we giving them money? Oh, they give us intelligence. <laughs> okay, right, sure. Same, same argument for giving... Sure, for, Jan. Same, same argument, that's why Israel has 82 nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why do you need nuclear weapons, Israel? But anyways, um, so just this past two weeks, the United States government sent um, a group that is a known terrorist and Nazi neo-Nazi group in Ukraine, four hundred and fifty million dollars, and we armed them. We gave them money. Like it was so fun. Like you could see them people posting pictures on Twitter. Like the week before, the, they're called the Asov Battalion, and like it's known. It's known in the Pentagon. It's known in all the intelligence community where these people are a group of far-right neo-Nazis. They are Nazis. They are fucking swastika wearing, like on their patches and shit. Yeah, and. So I'm sorry, I didn't get my degree in German to study German history <laughs> and World War II and Hitler and all that shit. 
to have my government give money to those fuckers? It's, it's, it's more than that, too. Like I was saying, the pictures are on Twitter of the guys who are, like, members of the battalion or whatever in jeans and T-shirt, right? And then after they got the money, they're all in, like, full camo headgear with fucking long rifles and shit. It's like, y'all, y'all got some money recently. And it came out that there was a first installment of $250 million, And then when it seemed like the attack was Im- imminent, we sent them another $200 million. Now... Let me tell you how I how you can know for sure that this group is okay. That's one way. <laughs> this is this is how you know for sure that this is a neo-Nazi group, right? Okay. That group had and the mention mention of that group had been banned from Facebook for years. Really? Yeah. If you mention the group, you might get even like a few days ban or whatever for mentioning the group, right? This week, you can write anything about them that you want as long as it's pro-them, anti-Russia. Facebook removed the ban from the Azov Battalion because now they're anti-Russia. And it's like, I get that, I get... And it's so... We go back to this all the time where yeah. we're like the whole propaganda. Yeah. Like, when people imagine that because we live in the West, we're not subject to propaganda. So all of last year and the year before, you couldn't find anything about the Azov Battalion on Facebook. And now all of their, these positive posts... And you can Google this. Look them up. You'll see them with the Ukraine flag and it has a swastika in the middle with the Jesus colors, the blue and yellow. Christ. Yeah. That's who we are arming. And we do this all the time. We do this. What we And we, yeah. and in the news, we call them moderate rebels. You've heard, if you've heard this term before, it's, 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 it's mercenaries who we're giving money to. And then at the end of the day, the same thing always happens to the mercenaries who we pay. Right. And, and right. Putin, Putin calls it out all the time. He's just like, you take money from these people and then when push comes to shove, they leave you to die. And you still keep doing it. Yes. We did that a year and a half ago with the Kurds. Yes. And it goes, I mean, we, we did this Iran-Contra, the yeah. whole thing we about are, arming the guerrillas. We, we, and... do, we do the whole, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So we give them a fuck ton of money and then just watch them get killed. That is like our middle name. Oh, my God. It's So that's what we were doing in Ukraine, right? Jesus Christ. Not only that, NATO was doing joint exercises, like joint military exercises in Ukraine and in other countries with Ukrainian soldiers. Okay. So, they're getting funding from the U.S. They're getting equipment military from the U.S. They're getting military intelligence from the U.S. And they are doing joint exercises with NATO. Are they in NATO? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Pause right there, right? <laughs> so, I start dating this girl. I'm spending nights over our house. We're going on dates. We're cuddling. I'm spending money. We're taking trips. We go to Mexico, etc. Yeah. She's pregnant for me. Okay. I bought her a house and told her if she's having my kid, then, you know, both of y'all can live here and I'm paying the bills. Right. I never said she was my girl, though. Mm. Is she my girl? That's up to you to decide. So... If you understand that analogy, Ukraine was never a part of NATO. Yeah. But they were definitely a part of NATO. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? This because because if, because if we do NATO shit, we say NATO shit, we spend the NATO money. <laughs> this is why most Americans don't understand this because it's so complex and they don't give a fuck. They don't want to spend their and time. Oh, we're really the confused. They're really confused too because shit. I see the comments in the comment section or whatever, and they're like, "Why are we helping Ukraine? Aren't they?" And, like, and I keep telling people, "I'm like, 
No, they're not. We don't have to help them with shit. We don't. They don't. And I know it sounds terrible because we're the ones who put them in that situation. Yes, we did. But this is what brings me to my disdain for Zelensky. And I know the popular thing right now is it's that this guy is a martyr and he's a hero. And he's, he's a... strapped on that amp or that the all of the armor and he's like, oh. give me the ammunition. I don't need a ride. But he has to say that. What else, what else the fuck else is he going to say? Gonna, he's not going to flee like the prior president did. That dude... Because that's how he got in. That's Exactly. That prior president skipped town. So, (laughs) Zelensky, let's go back to the start of this person that's now president of the Ukraine. A lot of people in the West... Not the Ukraine. I'm so sorry about that. Ukraine. The president of the Ukrainian people. There you go. (laughs) So, his previous job, much like the previous job of our previous president... Was a media personality. <laughs> he, was, he was a comedian, like an actual comedian, like Kevin Hart, like fucking, you know, Joe Blow. That's good. And he had, a, he was on a TV show in Ukraine. Was he really? Yeah. And he played the part of the president of Ukraine. <laughs> Gosh, she laughing. Okay. Are you serious? I'm so sincere. You didn't know this? I did not know this. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. No, you can Google this on your own time. So, Zelensky was a comedian, had a TV show where it was like the West Wing in, like, Ukraine. So but, he, like, a comedy West Wing. And he played the president. So, he already had, like, the face recognition. He had the part. Uh, he had the part. <laughs> and so, it was very easy for, like, his, his, his win was, like, 93% or whatever. Which is very, like, I want you guys to see how it is, how easy it is to, to elect populist people. Like, it's literally how Trump got elected. I have to interject here for a second. It's so relevant. The last week when I was on vacation, I was reading a book on the plane, on the beach. It's called The Life-Changing Science of Detecting Bullshit. And it has a whole section talking about this, about how name recognition yes. leads to people assuming that yeah. that person is an expert in whatever, in whatever they because, 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 because LeBron is good at basketball, mm-hmm. he should be a good senator. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Are you dumb? And because Donald Trump's name is all over the tabloids, that means he must be good at something. He must be good. He's good at making money, so no, no he's not. But no. we know that. He's good at he's, bullshitting. Yeah. So that's how Zelensky became president. And this is the guy who's like, you know, give me the ammunition, give me the whatever. And it's like, bro, if a couple of Russian soldiers showed up to your house, you're going to shit your pants. (laughs) Because four years ago, you were a stand-up comedian. Yes. You ain't no thug. You ain't no ruffian. You're not a soldier. You're not a mercenary. You probably never shot a gun maybe once or twice in your life. You've never killed anyone. These Boris and Nikolai and Svetlana and them, they've killed some people this week. (laughs) Today, you know what I mean. He's like, and a so, comedian. And I had no idea. Dead serious, and so and but he's but you know he was all favored by the United States. You know, apparently he's uh, Jewish. Okay. Um, Ru- mm, Russian Jewish, and okay. it's 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 it was a thing where it was he was the chosen one. He was the one with the face and the name recognition and whatever. And it was just like, all right, go be president you know, do our bidding. And he keeps, the things that he was doing in cons, in concert with the United States is what pissed Vladimir Putin off. Yeah. Because he was, like, even in the invasion, right before or up to the, up to the day, he was talking about, you know, send us more weapons, mm-hmm. send us more whatever. And it's just like, 
well, we don't have to do that. You're not a member of NATO. Right. But we will because we like you as a side chick. Right. What? Right. So, so, so you're not in NATO, but you're getting all the NATO benefits. You can't do that with the guy living next door. Right. This just goes back to the question of why is NATO still a thing? And a lot of people criticized Donald Trump for criticizing NATO because it was just this, un- this unspoken rule. You couldn't ever yeah. criticize NATO. Especially as the, like, the head of NATO. Right. And most people and, don't even know why NATO formed in, to begin with. A lot of liberals looked at that and said, oh, Trump is pro-Russia right. because he wanted to you know, dismantle NATO or he, had, he, he, he flouted it. Right. Yeah, and and I think dude was just confused. He didn't. He couldn't. Trump couldn't tell you sixteen countries that's in NATO. No, no. Of course or, or not. Or point out where they are. He just heard some shit and was just repeating it. Trump doesn't. I don't think it, there was a lot of meat into. No, because Trump is not an expert in anything that doesn't have to do with Donald Trump. So, <laughs> no, of course he doesn't know who's in NATO. But there are a lot of experts who who have actual credentials about foreign policy and the history of NATO yeah. that are asking the question and have been asking the question for the past decade, why is NATO still around? This is not a pro-Russia stance to ask yeah. why NATO is still a thing because the formation of NATO was to try to handle the Soviet Union. And after the Soviet Union fell, what was the purpose, what of, was NATO? The purpose of NATO? It's still here. So then as we're talking about the expansion of NATO yeah. and, and letting in Ukraine or anybody else who wants to be part of it, the question it will still come up among those experts yeah. to say, why is NATO expanding? Why are they still here? A lot of people will answer that with, for exactly what is happening right now. NATO needs to exist to stop this kind of stuff that happens. And but, it's like, no, Ukraine needs to be the one to stop what the fuck is happening. Yes, because if NATO didn't exist, it likely wouldn't have led to this right, right. now. Right. So it's it's a circular Each argument. country should be, able to, should be able to defend itself. Yes. Or, sadly, just because this is how the planet works, you either defend yourself or be conquered. Right. Or, now if Now, now, now this... if you have alliances and treaties and whatever, that, that makes sense. But it needs to be well-defined. And, like, NATO is not a well-regulated militia. It's not. It is not. It's not. It's got side chicks. It's got side pieces. It's yes. got dudes on the DL. It's yes. got all kinds of foolishness yes. that's going on that's not in the 30 members. Right. Exactly. And people are shocked to find out that Ukraine is not a member. I know. Because we spend the money on them. I know. Exactly. But you got to take her out sometimes. So this is the thing that... If if we want to talk about diplomacy, let's let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Because I, no disrespect to my friends who are posting things on social media about you know standing with Ukraine. Yeah. Please understand that this is not. It's probably not going to be fruitful for you in the future or looking back five years from now to take the stance right now, because we are part of why this is happening right now. Our country has been a player in this game that has led to what's happening right now. So if we want to take the stance of diplomacy, it's going to be not choosing sides. Diplomacy means you try to balance what's going on. Regardless of what you personally feel, you have to appease to a certain degree all the players at the table. And saying just, I stand with Ukraine, 
well, what about the Russian people? You are essentially saying that you don't give a fuck about the people who are dying in Russia as a result of all of the sanctions that are being put on that country right exactly. now. Exactly. And, you know, that, that goes into another argument, too. It was like you've, you've crippled these people economically mm-hmm. and financially. And, you know, my, one of my friends was saying, you know, this is exactly what needed to happen um, to Russia because of all of the shit that they did before or were poised to do with Georgia, with Crimea, or whatever, right? And so sanctions were necessary. And immediately I asked, so what did Cuba do? Right. And to who? There you Why go. U.S. sanctions are necessary in Cuba? There you go. Good question. And Cuba is a very interesting topic mm-hmm. because the problem Vladimir Putin is having with Ukraine, as according to what he says, is that he doesn't want NATO involvement on another of his border, the biggest of the borders. He doesn't want U.S. military bases on his border, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want U.S. uh, missiles or offensive or even our defensive um, missiles or ammunition or equipment on his border. Right. If anybody disagrees with what he is saying on the premise that Ukraine is their own sovereign nation and they should be allowed to do whatever they want within their borders. I challenge you to tell me what the Cuban Missile Crisis was about. Because real quick, it was a sovereign nation called Cuba decided to allow their friends Russia to put military bases and nuclear weapons on their soil. Yes. And John F. Kennedy said that if any Russian missile crosses the Greenwich Meridian, if I'm not mistaken, or one of them lines of longitude, one of them longitudinal lines, he was like, we launching fucking missiles. Right. And it's going to be over for everyone. Yes. And it was a huge thing. The world came to a fucking stand because a sovereign nation decided we're going to allow you guys to do this. Just so you know, we have a military base in Cuba. Yes. It's called Guantanamo Bay. Yes. But Russia is it's and, and and it's this kind of imperialism that Russia is against. Like, yo, stop trying to spread your shit around my country. I don't want it. But since you brought up John F. Kennedy, let me just say he single-handedly avoided a war with Cuba and the Soviet Union because all of his cabinet, including his brother, who was attorney general at the time, yeah. were screaming at him to launch nukes or to launch whatever weapons at Cuba. And John F. Kennedy said, no, I'm not going to do it. Because he already failed like 16 times. Bay of Pigs, the friggin' airline thing. But he believed that Cuba was never going to strike. He believed that it was just basically a dick measuring contest. And because he personally said... Thanks for your opinion. I am not going to do anything about it. We avoided a war with them. And the dick measuring contest is such. Cuba would be putting, Russia would be putting missiles in Cuba 103 miles away from the United States. Mm-hmm. Do you know how far the Ukraine border is from Moscow? Not very far. 10 minutes missile flight. Oh, yeah. So you couldn't even, you couldn't even so do anything. In, so instead of drawing uh, the parallels between Hitler invading Poland and Putin invading Ukraine, they should be talking about Bay of Pigs and the Cuban, and the Cuban Missile, Missile crisis. crisis. Because it's the, it's the exact same thing. Yes. We literally, you know, were it's about to, stupid. we were about to 
cause nuclear winter because two countries decided to do things on their own. And it's the same thing, you know, the U.S. decided to meddle in Ukraine's things and Putin said, nah, you know, I, I asked you to stop prior to invading. I did. Yeah. I did. And you yeah. said no. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going in. Yeah. And I think a lot of people really need to think about what would we do if... What would we do if Mexico if, and Canada was like, we don't allow Russia to have missiles here? Yes. We would, we would fucking blow them off the goddamn... There wouldn't be a question. And again... We didn't know about it after it happened. Some people are getting really <laughs> triggered right now. We are not taking a stance pro-Russia by no. saying that. We are critically thinking and we're imploring those critical thinking all skills. All I'm saying is if everybody minded their own business, it would not be a situation where Russia would have it to say that you're playing NATO games with Ukraine because then we wouldn't have been. And then, you know, I don't know if, if, if there would still be of reaching out to try to reclaim the former Soviet Union, that would be, you know, he would have to have to now find some form, fabricate some pretext instead of having it just presented right there. Well, actually, let's talk about what the pretext might need to be for him. Because I was thinking about why is Putin doing this? Why, mm -hmm. why does he need to take other land? Why does he need to create this kind of conflict? Why is he so focused on doing exactly what you just said. Because for 35 years, since the end of the Cold War, they've been sanctioned, they've been beaten, they've been disrespected, to quote him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we've just been sitting here and you just keep pushing and you keep poking the bear and the bear has done hibernating. It is done. So let's talk about what Putin has done to shoot himself in the foot though. Because let's, what is Russia's economic viability? We've talked about oil. Natural gas. They natural supply. Gas. They supply a large number, over fifty percent of Europe with natural right. gas. So a lot of countries are trying to invest in alternative sources of fuel, which is going to make oil obsolete in the future. Mm. Russia is known for vodka, figure skating, <laughs> gymnastics, nesting dolls. But I submit that their most important export if you will is cyber warfare Ooh. that's what they're good at nowadays yeah that's what they're good at but that's not viable in the economic sphere if you think about what's going to make their economy actually gain some standing over the next 20 30 50 years how do you gain standing when you're constantly sanctioned they're only well that's true but they're only creating instability in democracies around the world because let's face it they are successful at waging warfare against us by, through propaganda because a lot of our fucking citizens fell victim to all of that shit buying into the Hillary Clinton eats babies bullshit from 2016. That Pizza was all Gate. fucking Russia, Russia propaganda. Yeah, and Pizzagate yeah. too. So they're good at that and we fell victim to it. So, But if you create instability in democracies through propaganda, it still doesn't increase the viability of their own economy yeah. so it just, it just makes so the whole rising tide lifts all boats it's like well then we're all gonna sink we're all gonna sink exactly <laughs> exactly so russia really doesn't have anything aside from oil and oil is going to become obsolete in 50 years mm -hmm.
the mistake that Putin is making is he's so hyper-focused on bringing everybody else down, he's failing to build up his own economy to anything sustainable beyond the next five years. I think his I think his counter to that would be like, yo, bro, we have tried. I don't think you realize that they've been sanctioning us. What you want us to do? Sure, but what what could they possibly... I mean, the only... it's I guess it's kind of a cyclical thing that they're being sanctioned for doing some stupid shit. And then, because they're doing the stupid shit, they can't invest in the new economy. But if they'd stop doing the stupid shit, they wouldn't be sanctioned anymore. Really? If they stop doing the stupid shit, they wouldn't be sanctioned anymore? Maybe. Okay. Cuba enters the chat. <laughs> I love how you say this shit. <laughs> I love it. What has Cuba done? And to whom? Yeah. Ever. Um, no, that's true. That is more of a... Let me say that that is the boogeyman type of argument of socialism bad. Yeah. That's the whole reason that Cuba is being sanctioned is because uh, it's the holdover from the Cold War. Yeah. It's the boomers who are still up in arms about. And I've seen this. I will give you a personal. This is. Uh, you know, you know, it would be a funny experiment if you just 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 lift all the sanctions for 10 years and, and let's see what happens. Actually, and watch Cuba flourish and then like watch everybody else be like, wait a second. What? Wasn't Obama trying to do that? He was trying to lift the sanctions in Cuba and he got so much shit for that. But this is how propaganda works. I have a relative. He just passed away last year. I miss him so much. He had the best stories. But he was in World War II, and he had all of the propaganda about how the Japanese are terrible. And so into his old age, when he was in his 80s, into his 90s, he was still anybody who he disliked, he, he swore they were Japanese. Because that's how propaganda works. It's so deeply embedded into people's minds. Wow. So I think that the reason that Cuba is still sanctioned is because it's so deeply embedded into the psyche yeah. of, of people who are our parents' age and older yeah. that Cuba is terrible because socialism is terrible, therefore blah, 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 we need to sanction them. And that's the thing. It's like you, you look at it and, and pe people here are just like, you know, socialism is terrible. Look at Venezuela. Sanctioned. Socialism is terrible. Look at Cuba. Sanctioned. Socialism is damn, but look at Russia. Sanction. Like, yeah. how about stop sanctioning these people and just let them be and watch? Well, I understand that there's a lot of <laughs> discomfort with just letting them be. Because if you just let them why be... Why shouldn't we let other countries be? This is exactly why we're with this Ukraine shit. Mind your fucking business. How comes we got no money for Medicare for All and for subsidized tuition and shit, but we can send Nazis in, in, Europe, in Ukraine... $450 million that's to why, him. That's why I took a shot of, of this. That don't make no fucking when sense. When he mentioned that, because that this is why we can't have nice things. We're too busy giving money to fucking neo-Nazis. We're too busy government shaping. Mm, mm, it's horrible. Mm, 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 I'm not okay with that. Mm -mm. So, so like I said, not, not taking sides. I don't know. I think Putin had other options of, like, I mean, the number one option of let's not go in there and kill people. Right. Let's just go back home, have some vodka. Throw a party. I don't know. Do, Play do with things. some nesting dolls. Do some things. But he chose, <laughs> he chose, he woke up and chose violence. Yes. Um. And this episode was not about, you know, oh, Russia should or shouldn't or Ukraine should or shouldn't or whatever, whatever. It was more about, let's be honest about where this started. Yes. And NATO can't get involved right now because an attack against NATO is an attack against all members of NATO. According to Article 5, if I believe, that's what it's called. Okay. So if one of the NATO countries were to insert themselves and then in retaliation, Russia attacks them back, 
Now they have 30. Now we have 30 countries fighting Russia, and now we are definitely in World War 3.5. Yes. So, so everybody's like on pins and needles. Now, just just to sidetrack a little a little quickly before we get off this, right? It was a fortunate. I don't know if you looked into this, but it was a fortunate perfect storm. Fortunate perfect storm. And I don't know if the storm might have been triggered by their their hacking and meddling and propaganda. They might have been. But they destabilized our social welfare and our social structure. They destabilized and, and had us doubting our election and stuff. We had so many uprisings, whether it was George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or countless other people um, from, from Kenosha to Portland to Louisville to wherever. Um, yeah. All of those things. And then we had the freaking demagogue, dumbass president um, that, that they installed. Um, they saw when, when the winter last year shut shut down texas and so many people died because oh, yeah, yeah. because our infrastructure was shit yeah um they saw that we can't get anything done in terms of congress because we're so polarized and so fucking dumb we can't come together and be like hey let's provide assistance in a robust life for the american people right and then covid happened and then the world saw americans can't handle shit can't handle shit you can't handle weather you can't handle a pandemic you what the fuck? You can't handle protesters. You can't handle. You can't handle replacing a, a dead Supreme Court justice. What the fuck can you handle? Not Russia. Yes. In fact. Boom. And I think at that point, when he saw all of this, he was just like, even if they want, even if they even if they wanted to enter this war, they can't afford it. Nope. He's just going to waltz right in there they because he knows we're not, yep, we're not going to do and, shit and, about and, it. And not just monetarily. And our, we just our, got out of Afghanistan. And so we and, don't have a flavor for going back and, anywhere. And and they saw how that was mishandled as well. Yes. It was like America does not like it's it looks good on TV like where we we got shit going on, but if you look at the stats it's been L after L after L for like the past four, four and a half, five years. And, and uh, you know, your adversary looking at this, like you, they handled the pandemic. China handled the pandemic. South Korea, Venezuela, Australia. Sorry, not Venezuela. New Zealand. I'm getting drunk. But all of those people, and, and they looked over and they were just like, the U.S. can't handle this. They can't, they can't handle, can't. they can't handle 100,000 people dying per month. Right. And a war. Right. Nah. We're divided over cloth of yeah we're, we're, we're fighting people in the stores about what and, and then and then right 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 before he did it inflation fucking skyrocket people can't buy bread eggs cheese milk gas and it's like you really want to come turn up over here nah mind your business it's 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 a perfect storm that is how we've got to ukraine tell me if i hope the history books right. will look back and be like yo Stanley was right. I'm always crazy <laughs> until I'm right. But like, if you look at it, it wasn't like we were in like a land of prosperity. It was like, oh, we can afford to go send soldiers over mm -hmm. and sort this world. We know we can't. We can't. We can't. So we can't. here yeah. we are. Yeah. And I would just want to say that warfare is about power. It's not about ethics. If you're trying to approach this from an ethical standpoint of we're standing with Ukraine because we feel sorry for them and we know that they're innocent in this whole thing. That's not what warfare is about. It's about power.
It's about standing in the world. It's about opportunity. And we cannot view this from an ethical standpoint. Yeah. Because that's not what warfare is about. That and it's so frustrating too. People are just like, oh, they're killing the kids or whatever. I'm like, war. Please look up the definition of this word. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, 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 I don't know what I had to ask a friend recently. I was like, did you really expect him to walk into Kiev, kill all the politicians, take out Zelensky, and be like, okay, we got it now? No! There's casualties in Okay. I can't. Yeah. I know. Okay. It's it's a sad it's a sad state of it, we don't want people to be in this situation. I would like for them to be cool. Yeah, exactly. I would too. So I'm interested to see where this is going to go from here, but I think historical context is necessary to kind of lower the temperature in the room. Yeah. And to not flip out about this kind of shit, but we definitely need to recognize that our government is involved in this shit and until we can get better people in office that are not going to do this kind of stuff and try to, I don't know, try to meddle in other people's affairs, we're st- it's not wise to pick sides in this because everybody's got some shit. I really, the, the, it's a terrible situation. There's no good. There's no like There's no silver good. lining. There's no but silver lining. To not make it worse for the rest of the planet, I really believe that Ukraine and Russia need to just sort it out themselves whatever way it can be sorted out and leave and the rest of us need to just shut the hell up and back the hell off because russia got the second most nuclear weapons on the planet Mm -hmm. and if they launch all of them and if we launch all of them in retaliation it's over it's over and that's the final thing that i want to say everyone the final thing that i want to say is nuclear war is not likely unless Putin is suicidal because anybody who has nuclear weapons knows about mutually assured destruction. Oh yeah. They are not going to win. You're not going to win. They're not going to win. Everyone is going to lose Everybody. So unless somebody (laughs) is suicidal, nukes are not likely. So that's why I think it's important for us to kind of gauge the temperature temperature and also gauge the mental state of Putin if he's suicidal then I think we have something to worry about if he's not suicidal sit down sit down and just let things play out before you before you 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 tell these people where they can reach us and all of that jazz I would just like to point out before we wrap this up that the only country on the planet that has ever used a nuclear weapon is the one country telling people what to do with their nuclear weapons it's true. It's very true. All right. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not even, I'm just going to put it on the screen. I'm too drunk to actually remember how to get to us. It'll be on the screen. That's like how you put a bottle of rum to your fucking head. I know. Well, this is not the kind of topic that I could handle sober. I had to get a little drunk to even cover it. it it's taken us, what, three weeks of planning yeah. for us to actually get to this point of covering this. So yeah. be proud of us, please, and subscribe and like and share and do yeah. all the things because, you Sign know. up with us at patreon.com slash politics. <laughs> there's hoodies, there's, you, you won't get these beautiful etched glasses with mixed No, these are my own creation. Yeah, but Beth made these. Yes, so I did. These are awesome. But thanks for sticking it out with us. You know the drill. <laughs> and, um, Hey, God bless Ukraine. And Russia. All of them.
Okay. I mean, I'm just saying the people. The, the people. The people yeah. in the countries, in not, not the leaders, but you know. The analysts, pundits, and experts. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>